Dad Poet Society. Trigger warning, mentions of suicide, addiction, and other sensitive topics. I'm going to end up putting this at the beginning of the episode. You'll, we'll explain more, but this is a drunk episode. We all, the four of us ended up sitting upright on a, we started off sitting upright on a couch. We all ended up sprawled, laid out on the floor in various instances from the microphone with various animals around us. So... If if, it, if if the sound quality goes in, <laughs> okay, that's ableist. If the sound quality, <laughs> if this, keep that in though. If the sound quality goes in and out, or if we sound like in different spaces, or for like sound like we're different places from the mic, or we if you hear a lot of animals sniffing around, or meowing, or barking, or licking, that is because that's what the reality of life is. Descent into madness. And and if you and if you're rude about that, then you're then you're that's a, that's actually a you problem. Yeah. That, yeah. That you can figure out. We have some therapists to recommend. That's going to be you. And we hope you guys have an enjoyable time listening to this episode. And I hope that you have a slave. I hope that you slay. <laughs> a slay. I hope that you slay life. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, I hope you slay your slay. You know this one that's like, I hope you dance. What if it's like, oh my I God. hope you slay. What? Okay. Hello and welcome to Dead Dad, Dad Poet Society. Carol, I missed it. Okay. Oh, 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 I, oh I thought we were practicing. Okay. 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 You can't be ripping the jewel off the <laughs> Okay. Hello and welcome to... Dead Dad Poet Society. So, as you may be able first to of all, hear, first of all, I'm Lily. And I'm Anna. I'm Caroline. I'm the best friend slash sibling. And I'm Carter, Lily's partner. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so <laughs> this is our first guest of the pod. Um, basically, <laughs> and, it's, and it's an interesting one. And it's an interesting one. Basically... I am leaving the country for four months. To, I, Anna, am leaving the country for four <laughs> months tomorrow. And we went out to dinner. We had some drinks. We had some margs. Um, and we thought it would be funny to do, kind of do like a drunk episode with some special guests, our first special guests. And like these were kind of the obvious first special guests. Wow. Because I Sorry, think... Sorry, everyone else. I think... Well, I think Lily and I... There's other people in our lives who maybe like know our bad... Di- yeah, <laughs> it's a drunk episode, guys. There are other people in our lives who like maybe like knew our dad better or like had spent more time with him, like family members, but or like friends that like we grew up with since we were little. But these people have like really witnessed our experience. Well, if you it, when it really comes down to it, this podcast is about us. So true. Um, and like my mom, so like, about mom, this podcast is about us. <laughs> Yeah, which most things in our most things in life, this is about us. Therefore, the people who are closest in the world to us need to be here to give their um, two cents and also their prophecies. So true. We're all prophetic. Once you're and, I, and you might prophetic. be wondering, Lily, what do you mean by prophecies? Um, and I mean, we're gonna predict. We're actually at the end of this. We're gonna make predictions based on your zodiac sign. So true. I actually used to write for the satirical newspaper in my high school. I used I was one of the writers and I wrote the satirical zodiac signs. So I'm sure I can think of some fun things. Did you take out like a personal vendetta against zodiac signs that you don't like? As yeah, much? actually, like Virgos always got really bad ones. <laughs> Why do you like Virgos? I don't like Virgos. It's like a thing. I love Virgos. Sorry to all the Virgos out there. Yeah, Anna hates you. My mom's a Virgo. I was literally except for Caroline. Caroline she's not listening to this Caroline <laughs> she's not she should listen she doesn't give a fuck everyone's mom should listen every single mom like I was gonna talk about Caroline going to the vape store but I was like what if her parents listen 
Well, they, I feel like they know. <laughs> I think it's just one of those unspoken things where I'm 23 now, and they, like, let me sleep over at people's houses. <laughs> and, and they're like, what you're those, a big girl. One of those unspoken things where they allow me to sleep at other people's homes. Exactly. Well, because back in the day, I would always come over to Anna and Lily's and say that I'm sleeping over, which was, in fact, true, but we would not just stay in the house. No. Oh, my God. The amount and of my friends... The, the amount of my friends from high school would come over to my house and say... Oh, I'm having a sleepover there. And, like, technically they were sleeping at my house. But were they many other places that night that their parents didn't know about? Yes. <laughs> Sorry to all any of my parents' friends who are listening. Friends' yeah. parents. I wasn't talking about your kids. I was talking about all those other The kids. other ones. Your the kid is ones. perfect and an angel. Yeah, your kid's never done anything. Anyway, so um, we don't actually have a piece of writing physically in front of us. No, we're like not. This is more just a vibes-based one. Right. So we're... Um, <laughs> Wait, I feel like they should like introduce themselves better. Like, oh, introduce like, our, our histories. TBD. So we're gonna um, give our um, guests. <laughs> um, we're gonna give each of our guests a platform to introduce themselves and um, say why they think that they're important enough to be our first guests. Carter, you can go first since you're being annoying. Oh my god! Wait, I meant that in a nice way, not in a mean way. How is that supposed <laughs> to be nice? I meant that in like a ha. Since you're being annoying. Okay, go. Okay, well, I'm Carter. If you haven't met me, then I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> but I'm Lily's partner, and we've been dating for a long time. Um, I think I'm relevant to this because I've seen Lily have many a mental breakdown. <laughs> and I think this is a situation that has many mental breakdowns. So yeah. I feel like... That's probably yeah. why I should be here. You're he also fit. said a lot about me. He had a lot of thoughts. We actually kind of had beef, <laughs> low key, but I think he liked my mind. No, lot. yeah, he he realized you were smart when you started actually speaking in front of him. Yeah, so I guess a podcast isn't really what I should be on as a quiet person, but it's right. fine. I'm here. Yeah, we need some shy people to fill up. The representation. Yeah, we, we, have, we have quotas. We have, we have quotas. Yeah, like, we don't want... This is we don't, affirmative action. We don't... Yeah. hasn't been canceled. Well, we, people quota. <laughs> we don't want to be pegged as people who are discriminatory against shy people, and that's why we have Carter on the pod. Mm-hmm. It's so true. Okay, our last shy guest. Oh, is that me? Yeah. All right, hey, everybody. My name is Caroline. To justify why I'm on this pod, I would just say that it's an honor to be one of the first <laughs> guests. And a privilege. And I think that Anna and Lily's family has always been my second family for a very long time. I met Anna going into freshman year of high school. And I'm an only child, so they are the closest thing I have to sisters. And I always tell people that I'm an only child, but I have two sisters. So So that is my validation that I deserve to be here I guess Caroline was a very important person to my development so true mine too obviously and basically these are just people that are like very much like part of the family so they've witnessed it but mostly there are like um kind of significant others in our lives well, it's so interesting because they also they provide. Us. It's interesting because they also provide sort of like an outside perspective of people who like obviously didn't have relationships with my dad outside of like through us. Not that you know of. <laughs> Not that we know of. <laughs> um, so like they've had a very interesting perspective um, in being able to um, observe the trials and tribulations throughout the years. So true. That's so true. Observe we have Anna's favorite. Yeah. 
phrase, by the way, is so true if you guys can It's tell. literally painted on a rock at Northwestern because I said it so much, and that was, like, my catchphrase. Yeah, people are gonna, if we, when we have fans, which we inevitably will, that's gonna be their, like... They're gonna go to the rock? And yours is going to they're be, like... Go pil- they're pil- pilgrimage. What's the one that I was listening to? You? I was like, oh my god, you always say that. And you're, like... It's, like, something where you're, like, not, like, moving on, but it's... Anyway. Yeah, I mean, you say anyway. that a lot, but there's something else that you say. You'll say it, and I'll point it out. Okay. Say it. We don't really have any questions. <laughs> <laughs> we probably should have prepared better for this. Oh, I have a topic. Oh, okay. a topic. Okay, well, so I would just say that from, like, an adjacent perspective, I think that I met Anna kind of circa when my own struggles with mental illness were really coming into mm. fruition. So true. And it was before it was my fault, I had... <laughs> it actually caused all actually, of your mental Actually, no, Anna's family was the people that were able to convince, like, my family, you know, to put me in therapy and and get medication. And I think that, um, you know, being exposed to and meeting Anna and sharing those same kind of like struggles, but also understanding Greg with his struggles, he was able to facilitate in words and like articulate things that I was struggling with internally, but couldn't really put into a like cohesive sentence. And so I think that his, writing especially and the way that he spoke to y'all about it was really transformative for me personally and also witnessing your journey with him made me feel really um in particular it made me feel important to continue my journey for you if that makes sense so yeah. true carolyn literally can't kill herself because no <laughs> yeah i've literally like i i've literally been like not that carter like isn't like is like at all like has problems not that carter has problems with alcohol at all oh my god me holding a beer right now but i've literally <laughs> well we are kind of we were kind of we were forcing you to drink but like i've literally been like you can't be an alcoholic because my dad was an alcoholic and like that would be really really mean and rude and i've also said that to like my friends before like you actually can't kill yourself because like i really can't deal with that so true like we've been through enough don't you think yeah yeah but yeah like what caroline was saying like i mean we've talked about this on literally it's so funny we caroline hasn't listened to the second episode yet because she's a hashtag fake fan no actually she's been busy she had she had she had she had some other stuff going on. she had a grand funeral whatever i get to pass this one time which is very rel- one time which is, one time which is very relatable on this podcast but like, um, we've talked about how there's, like, various friends of ours who have, like, either gone to therapy or started medication because our family was so, like, forceful about it. <laughs> so, <laughs> the fact that Caroline hasn't even, like, listened to that episode yet and still somehow brought that up, like, yeah. so that just, we're, it just proves that we're right. Danny? So, if you guys can hear, Danny is playing Taylor Swift by himself, smoking Lily's ball Danny. outside, okay, um, which yeah. is why which is why you can hear some background podcast, noise. So, just, yeah, no, so, that's just like a classic day in the Corpus and Cohen household, <laughs> if you're curious. You immediately press record, hey, and Danny starts Carter. playing. Carter's also in the basement. True. Daylight by Taylor Swift. Simply two. Also, happy late Sensitive. birthday to Harry. My mom was like, Oh, that's important. Yeah, he's four. I, yesterday was Harry's birthday. Oh, my God, he's four. I'm going to throw up. He's so old. No, if he dies, I had a dream that he died, and I like. Carter's been really traumatized because they had a dream he's that he died. He's a little dog, and little dogs are known to live until they like literally I have had a no dream teeth. That he and no, out but of he doesn't window. eat anything. <laughs> yeah, but he's peculiar. Right, right. He's like a cat. That's so true. He's like a cat, and that's why he only mm. eats cat food. Okay, that's so true. So we actually had to do a quick location change because um there's this weird clicking sound that happens in the basement sometimes we don't know why 
It's the ghost. And also we had to get more drinks because we weren't quite drunk enough. Well, we don't, we're, we drink a normal amount. Yes. Sorry, um, this podcast is not promoting <laughs> alcoholism. I, I hope we've made that clear based yeah. off my dad's experience. Being sober is really cool. So anyway. Yeah. I've actually been sober my whole life. <laughs> okay. Um, so should we continue with talking about... Yeah. So while we were moving, we actually discussed it. We actually got our shit together in, in the past three minutes of discussing topics. And now we have topics. So First, I'm wondering if anyone has any like standout like thoughts about your personal experiences with our dad just formative formative formative, experiences that really formed your opinions of him maybe or your opinions of our relationships um well for me i think i i think it took a while before i met him where was he like he he wasn't really around when i first yeah he wasn't around and he like heard of you and then like randomly i think he came to the house and like met you really quickly and like that was the first time he met you and it was kind of weird I don't necessarily remember that, but really if I did, I know that he gave me a hug that yeah. was probably yep. really long. Yep. Honestly, oh, yeah. I think the first thing that struck me about him was how he was so short. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, not in, like, an offensive way, he just, like, was. And, like, how he kind of looked like you, because, like, everyone says you look like your mom, and you look so much like your mom, but when I saw him, it, like, these, like, puzzle pieces, like, came together, and I was like, oh, my God, that's... Like her dad. <laughs> That's literally her dad. It, like, who do you think looks more like dad, like Lily or I? I don't. Because it's changed as we've grown up what people say. I, Lily's brow bone is very much her dad. So true. Like, I don't, you guys can't see it. We'll post a close up. <laughs> Comparing our brow bones. Yeah. yeah. And like an up close, side by side comparison <laughs> of the brows. But I think that's, like, the first thing where I was like, wow, she really looks like her dad. Yeah. Not the baldness, though, but... <laughs> Thank you. If you were bald, I feel like you look more like <laughs> No, when we were growing up, everyone said that, like, Lily looked just like my mom, and I look kind of like a mix. But as I got older, more people have said that, Lily, that you look da- like dad, too. Yeah. Well, I have the masculine bone structure. It just means that you have, like, a sharp jawline, which is like... Well, yeah. You're what you, Caroline, what do you remember about formative experiences with our dad i will always forever be jealous of how greg used to help anna write her papers in high school (laughs) because he was such a prolific writer as we all know that he had a way with words Mm -hmm. and he would help her with all of our like english papers history papers and i just remember being so profoundly jealous because i knew how wonderful of a writer he was and my dad would edit my papers (laughs) and tell me you know this needs to be better but he wouldn't give it the same time and energy and and Greg was what, what always trying to say is that my dad if we let him he would have completely rewritten our papers he was also so excited about it yeah. it wasn't like a chore or a task no. he really wanted to immerse himself in all of our weird studies that we had to do so true. in high school the That's... random topics of well, life what i think is i remember like even like when my dad and i weren't talking as much when i started college the one thing that we would do like every semester is i would call him and we would talk for hours about each of my classes and the things that I was excited to learn because that's it was always like my education that was like the thing that he would always that he like that we always like connected over and um um with the oh what I have forgot that's fine <laughs> you Lily you just interrupted Caroline so oh Caroline, sorry continue oh, that was my whole thought point slay slay but so like when you first met my dad we were like just becoming best friends I think that was the time in my life where I was, like, still pretty close to my dad because, I mean, I've always been close to my dad, but I was specifically, like, 
he didn't really start getting super bad until like probably like later in high school so he would like drive us around and stuff we would do dinners yeah me and caroline and my dad sometimes lily that's like that's like another thing that i'm kind of okay it's weird to compare my dad to chester but sometimes (laughs) i'm sad like that my that carter never got to meet the version of my dad that was like cool and normal and like fun because i do remember like my best friend nat in high school like we would i remember we would be like at Barnes and Noble being weird like eighth graders and then we'd be like oh my god wait my dad lives right here and we just like knock on his apartment door because we like we're just like yeah he was like a really fun person to hang out with and he was really he really cared about our friends and the people in our lives yeah. and that was a version of him that obviously he still really cared about us and cared about our friends but um you know after his attempt when I was going into my junior year he he you know his brain didn't quite work the same. And I think that it really changed, which Chester has dementia. That's why I bring up Chester. Chester has dementia. And I wish that Carter got to know my childhood dog before he, I did know your childhood dog. Yeah, but like I'm saying that I wish you had to spend more time with him when he was cute and sweet. Oh, I thought you were talking about your dad. Well, I was trying to make some kind of connection there. I'm not really sure exactly what it was. No, I started going. Yeah. I mean, that's something I think about all the time. Like, when I have a future partner, like, they'll never know my dad, which is, like, really weird. I know, that's so sad. But, like, I feel like, I mean, Caroline knew my dad. Caroline, Caroline and I very much, like, do life together. You know, we've had our ups and downs when we were younger but like I feel like we've very much like been through the stuff together and so it's it's nice to have a lot of friends who remember him and remember him fondly obviously Caroline I have a lot of other friends though too like I specifically like Ava and Rebecca and Gabby are nice to talk with to talk specifically about like our childhood with because they were kids with my dad and that's nice but Caroline was a teenager slash teenager with my dad and we did stuff together with him so it's like nice to have people who remember him during those times in my life and it was also nice to talk to an adult who spoke to us like equals and peers (laughs) almost instead of being the 14 15 year olds that we were because I remember having really formative conversations about just what we wanted to do in life in general and he was a UVA grad and I was really interested in going to UVA they didn't let me in (laughs) me neither girl yeah I didn't want any of us water (laughs) under the bridge yeah it was me with Chapel Hill. I was fifth gen. They were like, no, ma'am. <laughs> and, then, and, and then they did let you in. And then you yeah. went. And then, and then, then, you then said, they did. And then you said no, I ma'am. went for a semester and I did say no, ma'am. And I went right back Caroline, to my safety school. Caroline, tr- Caroline went to college. She transferred after a year. Then she transferred back to her original college after a semester, which is hilarious. Yes, and camp. It was yeah, yeah, it was a great random trajectory. I call it my study abroad in North Carolina. <laughs> <laughs> did you ever, like, experience, like, were you ever, like... Do you have to, like, spend, like, an awkward dinner with my dad where he was being a weirdo? I know Carter did. I wouldn't say that I never, like, had to spend awkward dinners with him. I think the awkwardness came from not the dinner itself, but just from knowing that, you know. The unspoken The unspoken things of maybe y'all weren't on the same page or something had happened where we're not all happy with each other. But Mm -hmm. he, that was never really articulated within the dinner it was like an aura that you felt <laughs> yeah. it was just, I had that background knowledge yeah. there was some bad vibes right like I feel like well first of all my dad had like a really funny my, my dad and Carter had a funny relationship because well when Carter and I first got together which I kind of talked about in like past episodes we weren't exactly the healthiest couple in the world as so true I like hated their relationship high school couples oops 
you know, it happens. Anyway. I like, um, really didn't like Carter for a while. Yeah, one of... <laughs> which is crazy now if you see my Instagram story. Because Anna's literally, like... Which is just me, like, deeply, licking deeply Carter's face. madly in love with Carter. Um, but my dad one time, like, asked me if Carter was ever going to get a, a breast reduction. And this was also... I mean, like, keep in mind, this was before Carter came out as non-binary. This was just kind of an off-the-cuff... Carter had long hair, would wear a turtleneck yeah. and a skirt. <laughs> and was yeah. just like, by the way... And it was a very, like, random question. I remember, like, telling Carter, and they were like, what the hell? Carter's idiot. I was just like, what? <laughs> First of all, how did you think? How you thank you, that? and how did you know? <laughs> <laughs> so that's why he's prophetic. Yeah. Um, he did predict that. Too bad he didn't donate any money. <laughs> I mean, well, in, uh, I mean, in a way, you know what? We've never I talked about we've never talked about life insurance in the podcast, but I feel like that's that would be an interesting thing to discuss. I do because it's like it is like one of like the biggest ble- I don't want to say blessing, but it's one of the most life changing things that will ever happen yeah. to us. I mean, we can do a whole like discussion about this, but like honestly, I feel weird not being upfront about it with people because. Yeah. Like I, so I'm going on a second travel year. My first travel year, I saved twenty two thousand dollars for it. I spent all of that, um, and I came home. Well, I came home with like literally like sixty dollars in my bank account, and people are asking how I'm going on the second one. To be so real, um, my dad did not have a lot of money when he died. Well, he wasn't. Death. Well, he was in a lot of debt. He didn't ha- actually have any money when he died. He had negative money. <laughs> However, he worked in big law for a long time when we were little. And he basically had this life insurance policy. It was a 30-year life insurance policy about to expire back from his big law job. So um, we very... And the suicide clause was only for three years, baby. Yeah, so (laughs) it did, yeah. But basically, like, we got a lot of money that we were not expecting to get. Yeah. And that's how I'm traveling for another year. And that's how we're able to do, like, a lot of our things. And that's how my dad inadvertently... Donated to your top surgery. Yeah. Yeah. True. So. I do reap the benefits. (laughs) Yeah. So. There's no more beef. (laughs) Well, the other, I think the main beef was what he said to me. Well, he did say that I didn't challenge you. He did say to me, well, this was also pretty early on. Yeah. And he said to me that he didn't think that Carter challenged me enough. And we've had to dissect this because he obviously didn't really expand upon that. Because right when he said that, I was like, (laughs) which if anyone knows, if you ever try to tell a teenager like anything about their significant other, they would literally shoot you in the head. (laughs) Me me with Caroline being like, he's evil. (laughs) Caroline, yeah. Both Lily Carter and Anna would tell me. And I would ignore blissfully. Even like, so even like people that Carter, that or even people that Caroline has dated in the past, we will be like, and we know that he is evil now. And she's like, well, and we're like, okay, Caroline. <laughs> and, and, we'll, and we'll be like, remember when you told us that this happened? And she'll be like, yeah, but like, I'm like, there's no but. That's no, no. Stockholm or she'll syndrome. literally say that she forgot about it. Anyway, and yeah, she, I'll, I'll be like, remember when you did that crazy thing? And you're like, oh, I forgot that. The happened. thing is, I'm like, I'm no, I'm, like, I'm scarred. Anything that Caroline forgets, we will remember. Yeah, we are the hive mind that remembers all of the things that she refuses to remember. No, it's really intimidating from like a future of wedding perspective because I think about oh the God. bridesmaids like made of honor speeches <laughs> and I know that Anna has had many a connection in her life where she's like if I have to speak at this wedding yeah. I will never yeah. recover yeah no. and and I no no I would recover you and your marriage <laughs> yeah, yeah my, my marriage would be in the toilet from the, the annulment yeah. <laughs> yeah. um so oh by the way Caroline just said that if she is she's just gonna be made of honor but if her like if her significant other like has 
like two people he wants, you're gonna be the other one. It just means yeah. Well, I was gonna say I like I will also be speaking at the wedding. Well, yeah, obviously, and I'll obviously have my own um, opinions and perspectives since Anna and I. Well, it's funny because Anna and I actually are kind of both nihilists when it comes to like relationships, but it's very different where. It, I'm only it's for me it's only because it's a straight relationship and Anna just it's hard for her to believe in the concept of love in general so true um other than like obviously in books and movies and stuff but it, in if it's Percy related Jackson if it, yeah not included yeah Percy Jackson it was Chase not included yeah um but yeah no dad like had a funny thing about well oh well Carter. okay his thing was that they don't challenge me right and we didn't know if that meant okay do they not challenge me like they don't we don't fight enough or what, what you do definitely we was not true definitely. so that and at the time, yeah. And we do no, still I fight was, all I, the time. Yeah, but like this is like old people fighting. I feel like like the we fight like old people before, fight. But, the but we used to fight before like, screaming, crying, kissing in the rain. Yeah. And and bad though. That's bad. By the yeah. Way. No, um, not good. But I was like, how do you want me? To, do you want me to like wrestle her? Like I don't know. <laughs> but I. Like, but then like like thinking about my dad's like well, pretentious exactly ways. That. It was like the intellect. He was like, was it I some kind of like I, intellectual? I literally thing? know exactly what he meant. Was it the intellectual thing? Yes, because he he mentioned it to me before, and I was like, I know you mean, but also that's not the deal. Like, he meant that intellectually, Carter was not, he didn't think Carter was not smart, but he thought Carter wasn't smart in the same way that you were smart, and that you would feel like you weren't able to talk to Carter about certain things, like... Did he know me like that? No. Well, he knew you were like in STEM and then he knew that you didn't talk a lot. So I think Lily's like a very so. chatty humanities girl. And I mean, the thing is, at the end of the day, I mean, I, I don't, I, I was going to say he's right. I don't mean that he's right in that way, but he's right that you do not challenge Lily on that specific thing that he was talking about. However, she doesn't need. I don't want to be challenged well, that No, way. but the thing is. Your significant other doesn't need to be the one to do that. You have other people to do that That's for you. That's what I was saying to you today. Yeah, like Lily, like I do that for Lily. Lily has friends, I have plenty of friends in that, the community that are that are into this into those things. And Carter challenges Lily in like a million different a other million ways. ways. But also, I think like and you guys are both really smart. But I think also like I appreciate having someone who knows things that I don't know yeah. and who doesn't know things that I know and I think that we really balance each other out I've also in my life I've never once been attracted to someone who talks a lot and likes and like like kind of mansplains the way that I do I'm naturally attracted to people who like to listen to me talk and think that it's cute and endearing because they are naturally shy people so true. like that's the kind of person that I am drawn to and I've never been attracted to someone who is like quote unquote smart in the exact same way that I'm smart. So and I think it, that it's about energies and balance. And if you were dating another you, <laughs> there would be no room to speak. Yeah, exactly. It's so funny because I literally said so true, but like I'm so attracted to people who are condescending to me. However, I don't like them as people. Well, so actually, there's, there, there's an imbalance between who I'm attracted to versus who I like as a person. The thing is, Carter is so condescending to me in. In, like, the way where, like, I am, like, they're, like, oh, sweetie. Like, when I try to ask about, like, anything to do with actual life, for example. Yeah, see, I challenge you by making you have to live. Yeah, like, because I actually am, like, so... so (laughs) I literally cannot, like, make a meal or, like, like, I don't know anything about, like... Like the actual, I'm trying to, I guess like the natural world or like science or. I think it's called, or, what's that thing where you're, street smart. Street, well that, but you like. street smart. But I also just like, I don't know, am I talking too fast? No, I'm saying it's not, it's just you're, you're talking like louder than everyone else is going to be hard to regulate it. Shoot, sorry it's guys. Not, you don't need that much quieter, just oh, a little bit. Oh God. <laughs> Um, I challenge you in that way. I do tell you to be quiet sometimes. Carter does tell me to be... Well, 
okay, this is, this is my thing. This is what I, my view on relationships is that, and that's, that's, I think you do, you challenge me so much in that, like, I think that the best relationships are between people who, you know, there, are, we all have things that we don't like about ourselves and all the things that I don't like about myself or that I think I want to change are things that directly kind of clash with Carter's needs and personality. Like I take up too much space in a room and I talk over people and Carter's very sensitive to people talking over them. They, you know, kind of, it's hard for them when people around them are taking up too much space. And I think that all the things that I wish I could change about myself, Carter directly challenges me. And I, it's funny because when I've talked about a relationship, I use the word challenge a lot. And I do feel like you challenge me. But dad was so focused on like the quote unquote intellectual. And I think honestly. And like his definition of intellectual. Right. And I think you, I think you definitely, I think we both definitely inherited that from him. But I think you inherited it to the point where I think you do need that. And well, yeah, I mean, like when I think about what I want long term, I like Lily and I are really similar but we're also different I think I would need someone who they don't need to be into all the same things as me because I have a lot of different interests but I think for someone I want someone I was going to like be in a serious romantic relationship with I think just based off the people I've been attracted to in the past I think it's important for me that they are knowledgeable and care about specifically like the political intellectual things that I care about like my friends don't have to Caroline not like the number one most political girl in the world. She <laughs> she cares about. No, well, like, she cares a lot about stuff. She's extremely smart and knowledgeable about a lot of things. Politics aren't like your main thing, so it's not that I need that on people. I think it's just like for like it's a romantic mental attraction. That's something that's very very attractive to me and that I think I would really want. Yeah. What do you, um, what do you think, Carrie? So this big guy, <laughs> I can hear it so clearly. Oh my god. <laughs> Carol, I need to have a Spotify. Did, I, I did. did. I did. So if you were at my wedding, you used to call me on myself. No, it, it, it was, was the. It, it was just hold on, we're going home. Oh, the yeah. Pia Mia version cover of Drake. So I'm, yeah, I promise everyone at my wedding that Caroline will have to sing that karaoke. I, it's one of my few requests. Carrie, Harry's in here now, so if you hear him sniffing again, that's what it is. Um, but yeah. Okay, okay so we talked, talked a little bit about Dad's thoughts on Carter. <laughs> um, Dad's thoughts on Caroline. I'm not really sure he articulated many thoughts to about you to yourself. I feel like he would always thank me for being a good friend to you. True. Because we were close to him as in a you and me slash just mostly me in our era before Anna and I didn't talk for like a good year. <laughs> so pre-weird friendship breakup era, um, he would just thank me for being in your life. But I was the one that felt honored to be in your life. My dad was a very big appreciator of, like, deep, intense, cerebral friendships, which I would love to get some of his friends on here at some point because he did have a lot of those. Um, but he always said Caroline to me. He was like, she's wise beyond her years, which I think, like, if you listen to her talk, she... <laughs> she sounds wise beyond she her is. years. She is. She's smart. She's, like, well thought out. It was funny because I think a lot of people in our high school didn't necessarily, like, appreciate her intellect. Because she's pretty and blonde. I mean, she's pretty and blonde. Also, I... <laughs> I mean, she, I think she actively tried to, like, subvert the Sidwell, which is yeah. our high school stereotype, yeah. by, I don't know, like, at times, like, not leaning into how smart you were. And we were surrounded by a lot of really smart people who weren't always the nicest to her. So she would kind of 
just not want to be part of that, which is so fair. But I think my dad always saw that you were like very smart, very capable and very thoughtful. And I think thoughtful is one of like the biggest compliments you could ever get from my dad. And so it's funny. I think like a lot of our peers didn't necessarily see Caroline the way that I did, which frustrated me, but my dad definitely saw her the way that I did just because of the way that you were willing to like be be yourself in front of my dad. And I could always feel that within our interactions that he saw me and saw, I guess, the potential that I had at the young age. I think if any of you listening have attended a private school since the age of six, <laughs> um, it's one of those things where I had just long-term imposter syndrome. I felt like I got in because I knew a circle was a circle and a square was a square at a very young age. And all my peers are really, really intellectual and are rocket scientists. And so true. I, I think the world of them, that when you're comparing yourself to that caliber of human for so long, I think that I fell short of the mark. And so maybe I compensated by leaning into it a little bit much, but I think your dad saw that facade, I guess I was unintentionally putting on and he saw beyond that and saw who I was as an intellect. And for that, I really appreciated him because he made me feel um, valuable in a sense that like we were in Mm -hmm. a space where I didn't feel that my contributions were valued. It's funny because I think that that facade you put up was really um, weak. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and I don't know. I think that you, you've always been a very... You were a girl who partied and talked to boys and you were also Harry. just like very classically beautiful. Um, but I think that, you know... Um, and I think that like in our society, that's often something that like blinds us from like who people truly are. Personally, I'm not the type of classically beautiful that like blinds people from like (laughs) seeing my intellect. You're brown curly hair. (laughs) Brown curly hair. People super smart. People, yeah, whatever. Um, but, but I think that, you know, I, something about my, my dad kind of really instilled upon us or instilled in us this very um this steadfast dedication to um reading people and finding people who we we connected with on like a deep deep level and I think that's why Anna and I have both like found so many people I often feel like I found all the best people like I have all the cool people and all the best people and I'm like how did I amass this awesome group of people. I'm having three main thoughts here. And I feel like I need to say that because I also forget because I'm a little bit drunk. (laughs) I think number one to Lily's bigger point is that having these very deep, specific, person-on-person friendships that my dad is a big fan of was very, is very important. And I feel like all of my best friends are the best people in the whole world mm-hmm. because I picked them individually as people. I didn't pick them because we were in, happened to be in a friend group to be together. I picked them because I loved them the most. And I thought that they're, they're, they were the best or the most interesting, the smartest, mm-hmm. or the coolest. And that leads to, I think, really nice friendships that I have had a lot of these friends for so many years. And I feel really lucky in that because I've chosen them as individuals. I forgot the other two things I was going to say. <laughs> I no, knew this would happen. No, but they were, they were important stuff. They were okay. like about... The, okay, so wait, like the dad thing, like the bigger, he, the bigger like level Like seeing people and like, yes, okay. like looking okay, yes. the facade. So the other, the other thing I was going to say is I think specifically with Caroline, number one, my dad was from the South. He grew up in the South. Mm. I think people, a lot of people dismiss Caroline because she was very like in touch with that part of the family. <laughs> and also like culturally that was important to her. And she leaned into that a lot. I think especially because it was like different than how we grew up. And I think my dad 
like appreciate that and he likes people like that he grew up like that he found something charming in it all of his favorite writers were like southern writers he saw something like very like um he liked he liked that environment and he liked that culture and he like appreciated it in a way that i think a lot of other like the coastal elites seriously though yeah um can dismiss well Sidwell is kind of the definition of like what people think the coastal elites Exactly. Okay, well, Harry's like panting into the mic. Harry, can you lay down? He's laid Come here. Come here. He's injured. He's actually... Oh my god, wait. There's one more thing I was going to say about, like, you with this. He wants to be right in front of the mic. Harry really has things to say about Dad. What did he think? Did he... He liked him. Dad had zero opinions on Harry. The uh, the dog, Dad and that was Chester. Like, that was like gone before Harry. Yeah, no, Dad, Dad, Dad and Chester, Chester had a very, I, the things that he said about Chester always made me so, he was like, Chester, you are wise beyond your years. Chester's so noble. The way that yeah, he talks. Yeah, he, he always said, Chester's so highly, noble. He talked more highly about Chester than he did about <laughs> For sure. <laughs> the way that he talked about Chester, though, that just like made me, it brought me so much serotonin. He had a connection with Chester. He said, Chester's so noble. Chester, the way that he talked. Oh, I'm getting like goosebumps. Yeah, that's how he used to say it. But I feel like the more mentally ill you are, the more you appreciate animals. Yeah, I love true. dogs. I think almost as much as I love humans, I would rather watch a movie where humans die than dogs mm-hmm. die. Because okay. I just think that they are the salt of the earth and we don't deserve them. And so I feel like that might be why he spoke so highly of Chestnut. So yeah, I do think that he saw... But he does... He had this... I mean, my dad loved a, um, an underdog. Underdog. Okay, huh? this reminds me of what I was going to oh, say. Oh, okay, go. Third go, thing. Go, Sorry, go, Harry's go. panting into the mic. But I was going to say, I think a third reason why he always really liked to connect with Caroline is... We talked about this last episode, but my dad kind of saw some um, some nobility and suffering... And which, you know, isn't always a positive thing, but I think Caroline and I bonded first and became friends because we, we both kind of like related and had like a little bit of, a little bit of um, interesting like mental illness when we were like young. Um, and my dad like knew about that. And Caroline like talked about that very openly and honestly and eloquently at like a young age. And I think he always appreciated and even like liked you more if you've kind of like been through a little bit <laughs> yeah. of shit. Yeah. And so I think that he realize I think he saw that in you and I don't like I don't like the romanticization of suffering I think we should normalize mental illness but I don't think we should romanticize it but I think that that was something he he was like oh she like kind of knows what's up she gets this a little bit which I think he appreciated too it's kind of funny because I was like captain of my speech team which if any of you guys know of debate in high school speech is like debates more annoying sister um and i wrote a speech my sophomore year about how we've romanticized mental illness and as with everything i wrote in high school my dad heavily influenced it and helped me research it and stuff and i think it's so funny how my dad um helped me write this speech on the romanticization of mental illness when he was a pretty big perpetrator of that just let him scratch it's fine harry's scratching it yeah and i feel like this podcast like i want to be careful i don't want to like run the risk of romanticizing my dad's mental illness i think at the end of the day like we'll read his writing a lot of this the beautiful things he wrote were about his own mental illness but the reason why those that shit never went anywhere was because he was mentally ill so ultimately mental illness will just kind of make you lame and like a loser and not do anything well maybe that's why (laughs) my dad didn't didn't like carter enough and that's because carter never talked about their mental illnesses to my dad i didn't talk so well, that, and that's, I think that really well, I is... I feel like once I, like, I'd say one-off things and he appreciated Well, and then them. after, I do think that that, and that comment that he made was pretty early on in our oh, relationship. So and the on. appreciation that he gained, I think, especially, <laughs> even if it wasn't, like, whatever for, like, you know, your personal relationship, I think he realized how much 
um, how important you were to my mental stability and my mental well-being and how much of a positive impact you made on my relationships with even even with my relationship with him um I mean like you know that you like really changed my relationship with my sister um I think both of you honestly like are like two people who have really strengthened um, Anna's and my relationship because we've both been able to kind of like have really positive relationships with both of you um like separately and in different times in our lives but the time that Anna and I have spent with Caroline and the time that Anna and I have spent with Carter have always been like really positive interactions between me and Anna true which I mean there were like times when Lily and I weren't or Caroline and I weren't super close or in high school we were both just kind of like really going through it in our own special ways and that clashed sometimes but there were, but Lily and Caroline would like still be close and like hang out, or like, like it was like like Caroline blocked Anna on her finsta, but then I still was following Caroline on her finsta, but then I would feel some weird allegiance to Caroline to not tell Anna what Caroline was putting on her finsta because like <laughs> Caroline and I did have our separate relationship because like Anna, for example, doesn't like people sleeping in her bed. Now so, it's fine. Yeah, Carol, she, well, Caroline's, like, Caroline's like literally the only person who sleeps. But in Caroline bed. would sleep in my bed like when you guys were in high school and like and it was like even less it was more that I didn't like to wake up early so think Caroline and Lily would like. <laughs> Would sleep together. We were just like sitting in the living room for hours, like. and and they, and then they wake up and they sit and they sit and they eat breakfast. They even like go to breakfast together sometimes. And like me. Snapchat boys. The and... most formative experience with Lily is when I had to be maybe a freshman in high school, <laughs> and Lily was still so very vehemently in middle school, <laughs> and I dragged her in the morning to go walk like a good mile and a half to my ex boyfriend's house for no good reason. No, to drop off a sweatshirt or something, which I think is now. In the upstairs. Yeah. I think we just That's like, now in my hamper. I feel like we should put it on the lawn. I don't think we even saw him. No, it was a very quick drop off. <laughs> but, but it was like a big build up. Yeah. Yeah. And that was our moment. real bonding experience yeah. as sisters. Yeah. Yeah. And so now it's just like family. And like I have a lot of really close friends. And I also have a lot of really close family friends. And I know that you guys are all listening. And you guys all so have, be careful. No, what I'm saying, I know you guys all have your own relationships with Caroline too, and I always think that's funny. But I think of all my friends, Caroline, probably because you don't have your own siblings, always had, and also just because of how our relationship was. But you always had your own special relationship with Lily, and you also had your own special relationship with your with my parents. Yeah. I think also probably because you were my best friend when I was closest to my dad. Because when I was little, like, you're not, you can't be close to your parents, like, in an intellectual way. And then by the time I got to college, there was, like, a lot of baggage. But in that kind of, like, idyllic first couple years of high school with my dad, Caroline was, like, my person. And so that was, I don't know. She's just, like, very significant in that, in my family relationships. And, like, Caroline's bestie... Don't want to discount all the other besties. Love all you besties. However, when I'm just talking about, like, my family, like, Caroline is very much a member of my family. And I have so many friends who are close to my family, but it's like our families are close. And I love your siblings and you love my siblings. But, like, I don't really have any other friends who I'd, like, hang out with their siblings one-on-one. And, like, Lily and Caroline would, like, hang out one-on-one. It's just a very specific relationship. It's not, like, better or worse than any other relationships. It's just, especially with my sister and with my dad. That was, like, very significant for me. And, like, I don't have that many other friends who would go to dinner, which is, like, me and my dad. So it's, like, it was just formative and important. Yeah. Your entire family, 
has been incredibly formative to me as a second family and my second like mom and dads and siblings that I don't yeah. have and I don't know what it's like to have a sibling but I imagine in the closest of realms it is the way that I feel about the two of you so true and I'm very thankful and lucky to have that I think the through line for this entire episode is that while Carter and I are not blood related to these two girlies we <laughs> Our family and family is not necessarily blood. I would be so very true. scared if I were blood related. Yeah, that <laughs> would cause maybe some predicaments. And that's like honestly, sometimes I do have this like not crisis, but I have this weird thought that's like Carter is literally like a child of my parents and like a sibling to my sister, yeah. and we are also romantically involved. It's like it's like a weird because it's like Carter does feel like a literal member of my family, which I think is more normal when you are older and married and have that in-law relationship. But I think like we're in our early twenties and Carter is completely seamlessly blended into my family. I think like Carter's closer than any in-law could be except for maybe like grandma and uncle Mark. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And which is a very specific relationship. Very specific relationship. I think the biggest plot twist out of, this all is that you're our little sister and yet you and Carter are the ideal relationship. You are the blueprint and that. Anna and I look to you both. I was literally thinking of that when they were talking that they, I was like, they sound like the older ones. We want to emulate right. what you have and yeah. we're so much older. Well, and we talked about this on like the last episode because like I do when I talk about my relationship, I often do sound like an old, like a 97 year old woman being like, you know, when I first met Carter, like, but it's just, I think, you know, we've been together for a long time and we're lesbians. We've been together 10 times, 10 times as long. Um, and I just think that like, I mean, I think we do in a way, like kind of feel like we've sort of got it down. Like not that our relationship is perfect. Like, in oh, any it's res- perfect. <laughs> not that our relationship that is perfect. Right before we for dinner. <laughs> we're not, we're not. Maybe an elevated tone. Yeah, but like I, I do. I was think, challenging her. Yeah, you know what's so funny? Whenever Carter and I are in like a little tiff, they're like, "Am I challenging you enough now?" Like whatever. Like it's such a thing that they're so like they'll always bring up. It's so funny. Um, but I like I I do I do feel like we kind of like have figured it out. Um, and yeah. I I'm just like I I'm kind of like cannot believe. That I am one of those people who's been in a relationship for like five years. Yeah, it's so weird. Yeah. I think it's just because Caroline and I are like, I mean, we're opposite ends of the spectrum. <laughs> Your love I'm, lives. I'm like afraid of like love. Like I, I've, I've never really been in love, and I kind of like refuse to be. Like that's scary to me. Caroline like is a serial monogamist who <laughs> falls in love extremely easily. One would say at the drop of a hat. Uh, so one would say with like. I really don't even, I don't even think hat has to drop because these men I will are say, not, okay, yeah, number, number one, Caroline is beautiful, so she can find a man really she easily. True. She now, well, now there's, a quality there's many man. suitors. And so, but she kind of like. picks a weird one. And also another <laughs> thing is that I do say, Caroline, about myself is that I fall in love with a brick. And I think that we've always kind of like, I do think that like, you know, I've been in a relationship for a really long time, but like if I wasn't, like I do think I would be falling in love with everyone just like you mm-hmm. um, and like the worst lesbians ever. So like, yes. you know, not much better than like what you're going through. Yeah. Um, but my Dad, okay, sorry, but this is kind of random. But dad was so intense like that too, and I feel yeah, like true. Dad was him. intense like that too. I'm I'm intense like that with my friends. Right, Anna I, has I like that with fall friends. in love with my friends. Anna's literally a serial monogamous, but with friends where she just finds a friend that she's like literally obsessed with, and then will like only think about them for like six months. Which like Caroline is kind of like was that, and then actually turned into like a long term yeah. partner. Mm-hmm. But the, the funny <laughs> thing is like all of those like serial monogamous friends, I'm I still stayed. I'm still really they close stayed. with them. Right, it's not like I like pick a friend and then drop them. Right, no, I no, just. No. I just have specific people at a time that I'm exceptionally close with. 
But I'm still close with all the people who have been those people before. Yeah. But I think from, like, a relationship perspective, it's interesting because Anna and I, the long-running joke is that we're each other's significant others. And sure. Caroline's had boyfriends of five years. I'm still like, I'm still the most significant other person you're like. <laughs> and she was the entire time. I, I would say that it's really interesting as, like, a sister standpoint that you have both witnessed me go through my years of, you know, exploring love and going through different relationships and seeing, like, you know, who I was partnered with and et cetera. And I think that, you know, I hopefully this time around have better judgment, but I do think that you saw all the ins and outs of past me where I had maybe poor judgment. So I just really think you see the good in people. I do. That is, yeah, yeah, which is a beautiful thing. Which is why I I have to be there being like, girl, no. (laughs) (laughs) Like we've talked about this on, I, I think it's the third episode. I don't know. You'll, you'll hear that soon. But it's about how siblings are so important because they're the people to text me and be like, don't do this. It's fucking embarrassing. And we talked about when Caroline posted someone that I, like a musical artist that I didn't like (laughs) on her story. And I had to be like, girl, no. Mostly because like, again, he wasn't calling it, but he didn't have good politics. It's more just about how we know other people will perceive it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, it's like, I know that she like just likes this music and doesn't like him as a person, but I'm like, but you, when you post the music on the story, people are going to assume you like him as as a person. And that's the thing. But it's like, you need siblings to be like, Oh. Bitch, what? Oh, yeah. Me and telling like, Anna that she can't put the summer I turned pretty spoilers on her Instagram close friend stories because that's the <laughs> true. Annoying people. And Lily was right. Um, my whole thing is that it's like you need those people in your life. And I've always been the person to say to Caroline, and I'm like, you're allowed to do whatever you want. I know it's your personal journey. However, you need to keep very, like, you have to keep very closely in mind and very carefully consider what my speech will be at your wedding. Well, yes. But so <laughs> it's interesting talking about this because I was in a very long distance relationship with someone for, and like a very long term relationship with someone for a very long time. And after that has been well ended for a while, um, I have been living my life under the like pretense and thinking not only what will your maid of honor speech be, but can my litmus test for dating nowadays is can this person withstand a dinner with the three of you and Danny and Jill? Yeah. Can they get through that dinner and will it like get back with no notes? And if that is a yes, that's well, a good, that means yes Caroline, to me. Let's keep in mind, there's no such thing as no notes. There's no notes. Yeah, there, there will never be no notes. I have, I have notes for all, every positive. one of you every single time I go now, to dinner Now, you more positive than negative is more what we're aiming for. Yeah. Exactly. Yes. Can you not have an aneurysm giving a maid of The thing is, speech? Caroline's parents are like very like nice, non-judgmental people. They've always been so incredibly kind to me. I really love them as people. And we are mean, judgmental people. Yeah, sometimes you need you need some mean, judgmental people in your life. That's so important. Yeah. Dad was so judgmental, so that was a thing. <laughs> All what do you? What do you, I mean? Do you think that, like, do you enjoy having us judgmental people there to judge you? Lily's asking Carter. Yeah. Question to me. Um, yes, I like being judged to an extent. Um. I'm confused by this question. Oh, sorry. For some reason, I thought you were going to say something, but I think I made it up in my head. I no. think it's nice to have people to call you out on your bullshit. True. She's my French. I don't know. We're no, we're allowed. We're, we're allowed. We've oh, said kind. We said pussy. We said Oh, kind. of course. Yeah. Well, no, yes. Love this pod. Um, but <laughs> I, I think it's important to have people call you out on your bullshit. I think the best friends are not the friends that will be your yes men and yes women and... Yes, thems. Yes, thems. Yes, queens. Cut that out. Cut that out. (laughs) Cut it out. Cut it out. They're not going to be the people that will just inherently 
agree with everything that you say. I think that it's really important that you have people in your life that will tell it to you how it is because that's how you learn. That's how you grow <laughs> and they hold you accountable. And with, I have no siblings to do that. And my parents do hold me accountable, but I think that they, um, are not they, as candid as they the hold two you of accountable you. as a daughter also they hold they hold you accountable as like a sibling yeah exactly okay well quick quick like oh, sorry um i always am like Lisa, i know i fidget and that's i i have boy adhd and anna has girl adhd i have so. boy adhd yeah i have boy adhd and that i'm super hyperactive and impulsive and anna has girl adhd and that her head's in the clouds i can't and she do anything things. yeah um and she's incapable of doing laundry. but on our last train of thought i was saying about like my dad and friends and being judgy you know we can be like he's judgy he would say about certain people and you know you talk like my mom's friend's husband. So not all of them, hashtag not all my mom's friends' husbands, <laughs> but um, some of them, he'd be like, you know, he's no philosopher king, which means my dad think, didn't think he was a deep thinker, and that was like an insult to him. However, not all people have to be super deep thinkers to be good people who are like valuable, um, which is something I have more thought about as I've grown older. Older? Older. Older. However, one thing I will say is though, my dad's taste in my friends He'd be like, you know, like I said, he was like, Caroline, he'd be like, she's, I, I literally forgot what he said. I said it earlier. I'm getting wise more drunk. Her years. Yeah, she's wise beyond her, beyond her years. Like Chester. Like Chester. And yeah. I think my dad actually weirdly had a good taste in friends for me, maybe because my dad and I were so similar, but pretty much every single friend he like really liked. For me, I'm still really close with. You guys know who you are. My people who I've been close with since like high you know, my high school friends who have been closest since high school. I mean, I can think of really like, I mean, I feel like it's not bad to name them. I feel like Caroline, he always like, he, but he loved Rebecca since she was young. He knew her since she was little, but also like my friends, Anna and Taylor, he was, he, I don't know. He just, there's certain people he really like liked and connected to. And then, um, and also my friends from before, like my friends from middle school, my friends from elementary school, my friends from preschool, even you guys know who you are. Mm-hmm. Um, shout everyone out. That's not really what this, like you don't have to name everyone by name. And then, like, no, 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 I know. But I'm just saying it's like, it's really crazy to me how the people that my dad really thought and was like, not that he liked them more than my other friends. He was just like, those are good friends for you. That those are still the people that I'm friends with. But in hindsight, like his stamp of approval, the weight of it still stands because everybody that got the stamp of approval is still very vehemently in your life yeah well i mean my like sorry i'm drunk I'm, i didn't say that as succinctly as i should have you just you just have been, it's okay um the one person that i think my dad was super close with of my friends was nat and we were close in middle school but my dad would like my dad had a nickname for like Nat. what he, he called nat nat dog and nat called him G dog and they were always really close and that was always a big um subject of our lunch notes and then like you know when I was in high school Nat and I were both going through really similar things we realized we were gay at literally like the exact same time we came out to each other before we came out to anyone else we um were both in and out of the psych ward at the same time we were going through um you know, our mental illnesses and our struggles surrounding that at the same time. And that became like definitely the most important person in my life for a period of time. And I don't know how dad could have predicted that because at the time, like when we were middle school Nat and I were just kind of like silly, goofy friends. Um, and then like my sophomore and junior years of high school, they became like the most, um, important person in my life. Um, 
And yeah. I don't really know how he could have predicted that. Yeah. Because I had a lot of friends. Oh, they I just wanted Harry. Oh. They're fighting. Oh, They're fighting. Harry, no, you shouldn't be doing that because you're not doing well. You're injured. Come here, boy. Come here, boy. He's Harry, injured. Come here. Yeah, he's having back problems. Hey, he's on muscle relaxers. Do and... not be indignant. I mean, my dad had a couple of my friends he liked, but that that story reminds me a little bit of Ava, where I feel like my dad early on recognized how important she should be before I even recognized how important mm-hmm. she'd be to me. Um, and I think it's it's he had like a weirdly good sense of us in certain ways and who would be those formative people in, in, in those specific ways. There's other people who have been really important to both of us. For example, Carter, that he didn't quite get the relationship. But I think, you can hear Harry sniffing, but I think the people who were important in those like formative um, mental ways in that, it, I don't, okay, I'm sorry I'm drunk, in that specific way, he was had a good sense on that. And that's something that's really held true that I think is kind of cool. Well, he also met me so late, like in the game. I feel like when he was already kind of like slipping away. I know. I, wish I think it was very different yeah. when he knew Nat and when he knew Ava than when he knew Carter. So true. And I also do think that Dad was—he didn't think anyone would be good enough for us. Yeah. Um, I sure. think that he probably would have found a problem with anyone that we were seeing, especially like when we're this young. Um, and especially because I do think that he saw Carter as someone who was taking thing or taking time away from him. Since I mean Carter yeah. was taking time away from me, I spending mean, time with the family. You had a you didn't you and Carter didn't have a healthy relationship. Yeah, and so he would just kind of saw that we I wasn't spending as much time with the family, and I think that that probably really struck a nerve with him. Yeah, um, and that could be. A big I, I mean, honestly, like, Carter wasn't perfect either, but I think a lot of, like you just didn't have a great attachment style back in the day. Well, yeah, I mean, I ha- well, no, it's I have an anxious attachment style. First of all, there's no good or bad attachment styles. I think that I wasn't. I didn't, I wasn't healthy. Well, yeah. Well, sorry. Did I say bad? I meant unhealthy. Yeah. And I think that attachment styles don't change, but I think that the way that you interact with other people knowing your attachment style does. Um, and I think attached or sorry, I think anxiously attached people are often drawn to avoidantly attached people and vice versa. I think it's a natural thing and it happens for a reason. Again, we challenge each other in that way. You're I'm naturally so challenging. <laughs> you're naturally I'm avoidant. Just literally. I should get that tattooed on me. <laughs> Challenging. Challenging. No, but anyone should get that tattoo. It's, it's the lily. Yeah. Because I'm... Well, that's another thing. Is like, it yeah, is... Yeah, you were challenging me. Fuck I'm that. really... I think that... And it's not like... I think I'm an amazing partner. I think I'm an amazing girlfriend. I think that I really do add a lot to people's lives. And I think I'm an incredibly challenging person to be <laughs> that close to. Like, it, it truly... Like, it is very hard um, to... I can attest. I'm not saying, like, oh, to put up with me... Um, but I am incredibly anxious and obviously I've, you know, gone through like trauma in my life. That's made me this way. Um, my therapist seems to think a lot of my like stuff with relationships goes back to my dad. And for some reason I refuse. Maybe that's why we have beef. <laughs> and it's so funny because I'll say, I'll, I'll say stuff like, oh, this relates to dad. And like, you relate everything to dad. No. Well, cause you do. I mean, I just think that like, I just think that in your like life, like most of the roots of your like relationship trauma go back to dad and for me I just don't like I just haven't seen it that way but my therapist seems (laughs) to think for some weird reason that a lot of my attachment issues come from like the fear that people will leave me where with you it's much it's like you've accepted that everyone will leave you and it's inevitable and everyone's just gonna leave you and for me I'm like trying so hard to cling on to people because I just like refuse to let people leave here's the thing who could ever leave me darling but who could stay (laughs) but who could stay I'll stay 
<laughs> you can stay. No, I think oh. you can stay. Shut the fuck up. Um, well, I can like I said, I relate to everything to Taylor Swift lyrics. Taylor Swift has a song called The Archer. What? As a Sagittarius, Ooh. I relate to it. And But there's this whole thing where she's like, who could ever leave me, darling? Who could stay? And Lily and I are each other's. You could stay. Yeah. We're and hugging. Carter and Harry's and Carter will and Carter will stay for both of us. I'll I stay know. until Harry dies. Once Harry dies, I'm out. Yeah. No, honestly though. Okay, Carter. Not to cut you off from this, but this is a sister thing. No, I don't. We're letting them have their moment. Yeah. The and it. you guys are all part of the family, but I'm afraid that Carter's gonna come off as really like dad hated Carter and that's it. And I feel no, like no, he loved me so Cause, much. Cause, well, well, okay. Do you want me to talk about the good things? Yeah, yeah let's yes. talk about the good things. Okay, well, I started talking about the good things when I said you guys looked alike, which I guess is a good thing. I feel like it's more of an observation. <laughs> but I feel like when you first hear about your dad from, like, an outside perspective, especially at that time in your life where he was putting you through so much, it's, like, very easy to be frustrated with him as, like, a character in your life because, mm-hmm. like, you don't know him as a person. Mm-hmm. And because I think it did take a while before we actually officially met, I'd kind of built him up as, like, this kind of, like, obviously narcissistic, Mm -hmm. you know, diagnosed. But, like, as a villain. Yeah, he was, like, a villain. Well, he never accepted that diagnosis. (laughs) As a narcissistic will not accept that diagnosis. (laughs) Um, But he was, I wouldn't say a villain because he was just, like, human, but, like, yeah. He was someone that I had my grievances with that I didn't even know. But then when I, like, finally actually met him and, like, got to know him as a person, I was so surprised by just how soft he was. <laughs> he's so he's like, oh my god, he's literally soft daddy from, um, Big Mouth. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> no, because my dad is the most affectionate, like, he's loving. So but it was just weird because I didn't, you can't really put that into because words. Because I was like, oh, he's really affectionate. Like, it's like, it's oh, like, yeah. he's a nice, like, it's, in my head I was like, oh, he's just, like, nice, you yeah. know? But, like, that's really only something that you can get if you, like, knew him, which I think was something that was such a huge theme at, like, the celebration of life and stuff that was just something that, like, I learned as soon as I met him. He was just such, like, a caring person, and he loved you guys so much. And then, like, once I saw that and understood that, I was like, oh, okay, he's, like, not the villain. He's not, like, a bad person. He just, like, has his struggles, and Lily gets frustrated, and I think Lily can paint him in a certain light when she's... Yeah. Or actually, no, not him, but like people in general when she's frustrated. Mm. So. I tend to... I tend to... I don't, I don't think I'm a negative person in general, but I think that... Um, especially with my dad, like I really just kind of, it was so much, well, it was also just so much easier. It was also so much easier to write him off as like a really bad guy. And then obviously I'd see him in person and be like, oh my God, I love him. Or I'd talk to him on the phone and be like, oh my God, I literally still love him so much. And it like was painful. I know. And I get frustrated with you because I was like, you, the way you see him, I was like, I mean, I also saw him in a way too like positive light. But I feel like the truth was somewhere in the middle, and I was like... But it was the only way for me to, like, no, actually survive and, like, and I, like, I so understand that. that now, at the time, I was like, why do you seem to think he's evil? He's not an evil person. So and then I was why. like, why do you, like, never, like, hold him accountable for everything? Even mom would get mad at me for not holding him accountable for anything that he did, because I think, like, as much as I, like, you know, like, had my, like, problems with him... Um, none of us could really hold him accountable and like when someone's that deeply mentally ill holding someone like that accountable is next to impossible I think that's something that like I really struggled with was when you have like a normal quote-unquote normal not severely mentally ill parent you can 
hold them accountable in like a normal ish way. Parents are always hard to like criticize and hold accountable. Um, so I'm saying that like with a grain of salt, but I think like when it comes to someone who is deeply mentally ill and already has, um, a very strong sense of self-hatred, which is something that I've like struggled with. Um, so I know what it feels like to be criticized when you already hate yourself. Um, I think that, um, it was really hard. Like I, I think Anna and I both struggled with like different facets of my dad's mental illness, but I think like my dad and I both, um, struggled with like, like, especially cause I think that we both have pretty severe like OCD. I think my dad struggled with this fear of being a bad person a lot and like trying to like talk, convince himself that he was a good person. Um, and no matter like, you know, his act, what his actions were, like he like was like, I know I'm a good person. And, he knew that he did more good than bad, which he wrote, said in our, his like apology to us. Mm-hmm. And I think that I like often struggle with this fear that I'm like, like more bad than I'm good. Or like I make, I don't know, like my impact versus my intent. Um, and I, and I think that as much as the way that I talked about my dad was very, very different from the way that I that I actually interacted with him. Like the things that I said about him and the, the way that true. I was like, oh, he sucks and I hate him and blah, blah, blah. And then I'm like, hey, dad. it's not like I was being fake. I just like, I had to perceive him in a certain way in order to survive that relationship. But then the way that I actually interacted with him was so, so different. I had that at the end. I think I talked, you know, the whole, I would listen to Billie Eilish's Happy Than Ever that's yeah. like, I don't talk shit about you on the internet, never told anyone else what you did. And I would be like, I have not really talked about the bad parts, but I'd feel them very intensely in the in the last year. Um, but that never reflected how I felt when I was like with him specifically. Yeah. Um, or when I was talking to him, when I could reflect objectively, I think I was obviously too easy on him for most of our relationship in the last year. I was like, okay, there's a lot of bad stuff. And I felt very angry. Harry's drinking water. But you, but you, but you, but you can ignore that. That's okay. It adds ambiance. Um, I, I think though that never once seeped into how I acted when I was with him. And I feel that cause he is extremely he was an extremely charming, charismatic person. And so genuine. And so genuine. And you really felt that. And it, it was hard if he wasn't in a bad mood. It was hard not to love him. It was hard not to feel that. I mean, I do think that I did have, like, these, like, dinners where he was so skinny and he obviously was, like, not doing well. And I would leave and I would just say to Carter, like, I'm just so uncomfortable. Um, but then, like, always at the end of seeing him, we would just, like, he would just, like, hug me. And, like, the breath that he would take when he, we would hug and he would just be, like, like I could just tell that like that was the most important or like that was like that was like the most important day of his entire month or like even you know like seeing me and like giving me a hug and like he'd be that he would be asking me for weeks to like have like an hour-long lunch with him yeah oh my god that's making me sad um I think that he drinking while potting is not for the faint of heart because i have not <laughs> cried once make recording one of these podcasts i mean it's probably healthy yeah. but yeah, she hasn't cried no, no that she, i know that i've been like because i'm someone who cries all the time and i've literally like i have not cried or slept for like six months <laughs> um i think i feel that very intensely what lily's saying and i just think that it's funny when Carter said, like, he was so short because in my memory of him when he was younger, he was, he, I mean, he was what, like, 5'8", five 5'9"? Five I think probably 5'8". He I was, like, 5'8". He was, like, 5'8"-ish. 
but he was, he was really, he was like kind of, he was this person, he was a certified personal trainer. He was like really strong. Yeah. I remember him being really big. As he got worse, he got skinnier and skinnier. Really skinny. He got really skinny. And that would take me back every single time I saw him. Even yeah. if I was seeing him almost every day for a couple weeks, um, every time I saw him and he was skinny, that would freak me out because I remember him as so much bigger than me and like as a strong presence. And he'll always be that like in my memory. But like, yeah, he, every tug I had with him, most of the times I hung out with him was good a lot, but a good amount were bad. Every hug was like the most significant moment ever. Yeah. And I miss that. And he was a great hug. Okay, this is the thing that's going to make me like be hysterical that I think about all the time. But like at his memorial, my uncle Brian came and I hugged my uncle Brian <laughs> And the way that my Uncle Brian hugged is, like, literally, like, it felt like I was hugging my dad. And, like, and we literally, like, couldn't even, like, get near him at times. I know. We were, like, I, literally, I kept, so every time I talked to my Uncle Brian, his voice was so similar. His hugs were so similar. I kept crying every time I talked to him, every time I hugged him, because I was like, wow, like, it's just a lot. But I kind of thought I'd have that longer. My Uncle Brian was sick, but we didn't know it was going to be like that. Like, I had plans to, like visit Georgia either like the summer or in the winter and then when he was really sick we were like we'll go to Georgia yeah we wanted to go but it just he he wasn't really all there by the time and they were like it's not worth it to go but I just like miss the hugs I think that was like so significant and like like literally even like and like my dad's smell when we were like his stuff like we like literally put one of his shirts in a plastic bag i have two of them in a plastic bag i think in that closet and like like, literally when i went when i was in the sixth grade and i went to the psych ward (laughs) he literally brought me like a mini version at the time he was wearing calvin klein one which i feel like is still probably like the thing no but then he's already wearing hugo boss anyway no but no it was and he he gave me a mini version of his Calvin Klein cologne, and we weren't allowed to have like even a shampoo and conditioner. We had to keep her in a separate like with like the staff, and then we had to get a little bit. And I, he like helped me hide it in my like bed, so I would always have it. And like the fact that my dad smelled, who like even in sixth grade, like it got to a point where our relationship wasn't the same. Like the fact that his smell was like one of the things that I had to like get me through that. I don't know, feels now to me, like, really significant. Yeah, like, I, he left me a bunch of clothes and some of them I still haven't washed and, like, I smell them all the time. But, like, it's just, my family makes fun of me for how, like, touchy I am now and I'm always trying to hug people. And it's weird because when I was younger, I was always, like, I'm not, like, a physical touch person. Caroline's holding my hand right now, but it's, like, I'm, like, we're, like, somewhat huggy, but it's not like we're, like, the, like, I'm not the most huggy person in the world. If you ask my friends, like, it just depends we're not very much. Who cuddle. You're very we're not, physical. We're not friends who cuddle. I feel like I've gotten so much more like that since my dad died because yeah. I used to get that from my dad. And like I don't like. And well, it's like he would always literally just always have his hand on us. Yeah, and like I and like I would I would see him sometimes. He'd always have my hand on like in like we'd always be holding hands even when he was drying. He'd reach over like if I was in the back seat and like you know hold my hand or whatever. We'd always hug. I always had that and like no I don't have that anymore and now I'm like crave physical touch no one wants to give it to me hey i feel like i'm carter like, carter's literally the one like my mom she'll hug me and she'll go one two three okay let go <laughs> <laughs> you're hugging too long lily's like get off me danny will do it but danny actually got rotator cuff surgery so i can't hang off of him so carter's the one that i hang off of but it's just like 
I like I think everyone I'm not skinny like him. <laughs> no, but my like, boobies are too big. <laughs> no, my dad my dad used to be more built, but he was also short, so you guys are the same. <laughs> Once I reduce my boobies, it'll be fine. Yeah, no, you'll literally be built like my dad, basically. But <laughs> I think it's just like everyone needs that. Everyone needs love. Everyone needs touch. You can be like my love language isn't physical touch, but everyone needs like a hug. Mm-hmm. And I miss that. I don't ha- I used to have that. I don't have that anymore. And so all my family makes fun of me for it. But I think I, that's why I appreciate Carter letting me hang off of them. Because that's something that, like, I need sometimes. Because <laughs> you're, like, a big macho I'm man. Big, big man. It's so funny, though, because you are big and strong in the way that I thought my dad was big and strong. Where it's just, like... Where it's not actually... <laughs> no, no. You're not that much taller than me. You're not that, like, whatever. Yeah. But you just feel... There's something about you that feels very... It's but it, grounding. It, it's it's like a weird masculine warm presence that I appreciate. It's masculine, but in a way that most men are not masculine. It's not well, it's not like thre- it's not macho, but it's masculine. Like there's something about it. Which most men I think in this world like don't quite. To me, at least, like I'm very as a lesbian. Well, literally as a lesbian, <laughs> like I think most, and I think Carter's masculinity is somehow kind of like a mixture of Danny's masculinity and Dad's masculinity. Yeah. Um, I think. I think my dad, Danny, and Carter are all different, but they're all exist on that spectrum of, of it just feels it feels non somehow non threatening. It feels warm. It feels yeah. very warm. It feels very warm and safe. And like my dad was saying, like a like a well lit, clean a clean well lit a clean well lit place. A, it's a, that's a safe space. That's a, a place that you feel safe. And I feel like that's what it is. Like it it feels it feels safe. It feels comfortable. And like. I don't think I realized how much I needed and craved that until, like, I was traveling and my dad died. And I was like, I don't have that. There were so many incredibly kind people. Literally the day that my dad died, I, like, walked into this hostel. I was, like, crying. People were like, what's wrong? I, like, kind of told some people. They were like, do you need, like, people, like, were hugging me. People were always willing to, like, be there for me. But, like. Philippines is a great place to be when your dad dies. Well, that was, like, well, I found out my dad died in the Philippines. People gave me hugs. Shout out to those two girls in my hostel room. Love you forever. But then I went to Cambodia the very next day. People were there giving me hugs. People were there comforting me. But, like, the safety... Like, I think I've always... When I was traveling, there were certain people who just felt more warm and safe and have that energy in that way. Obviously, like, I'm talking to masculine energy, but some girls have that. Some girls have that, like, that feeling where you just feel there. Like, there are certain hugs that, like, I'm never going to forget. Mm-hmm with complete strangers who I may or may not ever see again that were so, like, significant. I just needed that so badly at the time. And the thing is, I still need that all the time. And that's why, like, I'm hanging off Carter as much as I can before I leave. Because, like, and Danny, too. Because they, like, give that to me. And I'm going to leave and I don't know. I I don't know I'm going to get that again. Harry has no masculinity. But the masculinity I think that your dad displayed reminds me a lot of my dad in the sense that your dad was always adamant saying like your life on this earth will never be perfect and will never be faultless and you're going to have to understand how to like live with the, you know, and Mm -hmm. bear the weight of living, which Mm -hmm. as humans we all inevitably have to understand that life is... There's a dichotomy. There's good and bad. And I think with your dad, he was really articulate in sharing those feelings as my dad is too. And I think with like masculine energy, the ones that feel really safe and comforting also are the ones that aren't like afraid to kind of speak the truth of life and talk about the hard things and, talk about the hard things and also be affectionate and be um, really vulnerable with the two of you and be the 
like loving and hug you in that way and say the words that he said to you. So I just, I, I, I saw that in him and I appreciated it a lot. Yeah. And it's so funny because like this is the, you could probably, like Caroline does not seem drunk at all for the drunk episode, <laughs> but she is. The more drunk Caroline well, gets, the more, the bigger words she uses. Yeah, the more profound. Oh God, that's so true. Caroline uses like the, literally, I feel like Caroline will black out drunk and she'll pull out a word and you're like, where oh. did you even like? And, and like, this is another thing that we geeked out on, your dad and I. Was oh my God, the big my, words. My dad is the same way. We are big word people to the point that um, my dad told me I can never use the word aforementioned in a paper <laughs> in my life again, which I have now narrowed it down to once per paper because <laughs> it is glued to my soul I love but word. we word. do are we're a big word family i do love big words and it, i'm just i'm happy that neither my jersey accent or my country accent has come out <laughs> yeah you got a really good job obviously. i know <laughs> whenever carolyn drunk when she was younger she used to break out the southern accent as we've gone older it's become a jersey accent she has a parent from jersey and a parent from north carolina it's not really her fault it is what it is and as much as i like to make fun of her for it it's so unfortunate because um, no one's going to be able to understand what we're saying regardless because well, we're talking too fast. I know, but as I've gotten older, like, when I'm around Caroline in high school when she was drunk, I'd all of a sudden take on an, a Southern accent. In this podcast, you might have heard me taking on her random New Jersey accent where I'm like, wait, what was the... Well, the Jersey what accent's was the word really random heard? because my yeah, dad's Long like, Island, that's so random. He, he left it, so he doesn't speak like that. And my mom has and a really doesn't. thick Southern accent, and I was just with my family, and family. I just said family, but... I was with people um, that, like, talk like, well, I can't do it on command, but, (laughs) like, bless your heart. Like, I hope you had a really great time tonight. Like, um, it's a pleasure to speak with you. Yeah. And that's how my mom speaks. But now on this podcast, I say, oh, yeah, my family. And family. that's that's Caroline's fucking New Jersey accent. That's her fucking fault. We, okay, guys. we watched Jersey Shore too much in college, and that I is... I love Jersey Shore. Jersey okay, Shore guys, seven. we need to wrap this up. Oh, yeah. No, that's so fair. Um... If you're still listening. <laughs> yeah, wait. I was going to say something, but like... Okay, GTL well, Laundry. GTL. Um, yeah. But basically, I feel very lucky to have a lot of people I love in my life. So and sweet. my dad also saw that. My sister and I have talked about this, but I think part of the reason my dad felt like okay with how we were doing in our lives because of the people we had. For sure. And these are very important people, obviously. And thanks, guys. It's nice to have people who are hold our hand when we're crying on a podcast. So true, and to be on and would, even if they might not be like the biggest fans of um, talking to a large audience, <laughs> they are like more than willing to um, do this sort There's of no embarrassing audience. thing with us. That's true because it's only our mom and her Facebook friends listening. No, I'm <laughs> saying we're talking to a computer. Oh, right that's now, true. So I'm that's really um, um, And with that, we will do our little sign-offs. So I will say SNI, Robin Knows, Making Us, Butterflies, Making Butterfly With You, Making a Real Butterfly With You. For NNEL, Tic-Tac-Toe, Hippopotamus. And we love you guys. We love you guys. Everyone say bye. 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 Love you. Have a great night. (laughs) That's the most most Caroline sign-off ever. Sign-off is Bye. <laughs> awesome. Bye. Harry bitches. says bye too. Harry says meow. 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 Rar. Rar XD. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god.